Welcome to Better Days Season 6. My name is Wesley Town, and I am so glad you are joining me today. Better Days is a listener-supported nonprofit seeking to bring hope, awareness, and education to the human experience of mental health and suffering. We aim to deconstruct misconceptions of what it means to be human and follow Jesus. If you'd like to learn more or support our work, you can check out our website, betterdaysfmly.co. Again, that's betterdaysfmly.co. Hi, Better Days family. I am so glad that you joined me today for another conversation about anxiety. In the last two episodes, we had a conversation around why people are feeling anxiety in this moment, the differences between normal anxiety and an anxiety disorder, the narratives around anxiety in Christianity, what the Bible teaches about anxiety, unhealthy thought patterns, and getting to the root cause of anxiety. I wanted to take this week and next week to offer practices and concepts that have helped me immensely with my anxiety. I've experienced severe anxiety at different points in my life. My anxiety has either been rooted in acute stress or social anxiety in different contexts. My wife also lives with severe anxiety, rooted in her brain condition and also social anxiety. So we are very familiar in our own life with the challenges and struggles around anxiety. I know some of you who follow Better Days also have been asking questions around your challenges with anxiety. So I hope these next two episodes are helpful for you. And I want to say something to preface this episode. If your day-to-day life is deeply affected by anxiety, I want to encourage you to reach out for the help that you need. While this podcast may be helpful for things that I have learned Um, studied, researched, read, practiced in my life, in no way should this be a replacement for the help that you may need, medical help, therapy. We believe in doctors and therapists as a core part of this process at Better Days. So we highly encourage you, if you need to reach out for medical help or therapy, to do that. So here are 10 practices or concepts slash thoughts that have helped me and hope that they're helpful for you as you're processing your anxiety as well. First, never feel ashamed if you're struggling with anxiety. I have walked through debilitating anxiety. My wife has walked through debilitating anxiety. And I just want to say to you, I am so sorry. I know anxiety can feel overwhelming, paralyzing, debilitating at times. And I know how overwhelming it can feel to wonder if I'll ever feel normal again. I've had those thoughts, those feelings, because I felt so overwhelmed, paralyzed, debilitated by my severe anxiety struggles at times. My, again, like I said, my anxiety has always been rooted in stress or social anxiety in certain contexts. And so I want you to know that you are not alone. And there is no shame in struggling with anxiety. And there is no shame in sharing your struggle with anxiety with someone who can 
help you process or someone that you just need to talk to about what you're feeling and experiencing and going through in this moment. In fact, talking about what we are experiencing opens the door to help and to healing. So never feel ashamed if you're struggling with anxiety. Second, it helps to know that anxiety is a normal human emotion that all of us feel at times. None of us as humans are immune from feeling normal anxiety, including followers of Jesus. There's this stereotype, this oversimplified generalization that you should never feel anxiety. But we're wired to have a response to dangerous situations or things that we're anticipating uh, in our life that are real. Uh, like a test or evading a serious, dangerous situation, we have this response in us called the fight-or-flight response. It's a stress response. It's a response that keeps us alert, uh, heightens our senses, allows us to protect ourselves or evade a certain situation or really press into something. So like a test that I need to get a good score on, I do well in. I talked more about normal anxiety recently in a podcast titled Understanding Anxiety. If you're interested in delving into that, give it a listen. But it really does help, and it's helped me to know that anxiety is something that we're all going to feel from time to time. It's a normal emotion that human beings feel in this world. So I hope that's freeing for you. Third, anxiety conditions are different than normal anxiety. Anxiety disorders are characterized by prolonged and heightened anxiety that begins to affect your life, your day-to-day life, your routines, um, how you feel on those day-to-day normalcies and rhythms in your life. And because I've had an anxiety condition, I know this, I understand this, you may feel hopeless or overwhelmed or aching to feel normal again. I want to, with compassion and love, let you know that there is hope. There is hope that you will feel well again. There is hope found in people who can support you as you walk through this anxiety condition. There is hope rooted in learning tools that a therapist can teach you to manage your anxiety. And there is hope that there is a path forward, that there are people who love you. You have a God who loves you and and cares about you and has compassion for you as you're walking through your particular anxiety condition. Now, there are different types of anxiety conditions and different root causes and tools for each condition. A lot of people are familiar with general anxiety disorder, there's social anxiety, there's anxiety rooted in medical conditions, there's anxiety rooted in thought patterns developed over time. And so walking down the pathway to explore and learn and understand our anxiety and the underlying causes behind it is so valuable and important. And I can't emphasize that enough. Fourth, Emotions. Emotions are really important. 
Learning to explore your emotions is helpful. What do you mean by that, Wesley? Here's what I mean. Our default response around anxiety is often suppressing it, avoiding it, or escaping it. Now, with suppressing, avoiding, and escaping around emotions or the underlying causes of emotions, it's important to know that these responses do not eliminate the emotion. The emotion will return. And oftentimes, a suppressed emotion becomes stronger over time. The thought that is rooted in the feelings of anxiety are going to return. So instead of suppressing, avoiding, and escaping the emotions, a better response is to explore the emotion and to explore what is behind the feeling that you're experiencing or the root feeling, the root situation underlying it that maybe you want to avoid or you want to suppress. Now, I know exploring our anxiety and what's behind it can feel uncomfortable, but it leads to understanding and understanding leads to change and change leads to feeling human again. I want to say that one more time. Exploring can be uncomfortable, but exploring leads to understanding and understanding leads to change and change leads to us feeling human and alive again. And I know that's what we're all aching for. I know those days where I was laying on my bed thinking, will this ever get better? I was really just aching inside to feel normal and human and alive again. And I do. And I've learned the tools and I I lean into these emotions when I feel them and I explore them so I can gain understanding so that I can navigate whatever's behind that. And you may need a professional to come alongside of you in this process of exploring. And that's good and healthy and so hopeful. Number five, thoughts. So emotions, thoughts. Learning to think about what you think about is helpful. All of us need to be aware of our mental narrative. We need to work to ground our thoughts in truth and reality. And with so much information stimuli, so many things coming in and out of our brain, it's really important that we purposely and intentionally have time to uh, process truth and think about reality around our thought lives. I love to say this statement, and I think it's profoundly helpful. You do not have to believe every thought you think. This can be life-changing. Every thought that comes into your mind does not deserve to be planted in the soil of your mind. And I love that picture. A thought may come into our mind, and it's not based in reality, and it's not truth. And so, we don't plant that seed in the soil of our mind. We can reframe our thoughts with truth and reality. We can challenge our thoughts and filter them through a grid of truth and reality. Here's some things that have helped me. Ask yourself, is this thought based in reality or is this thought based on a potential 
what-if scenario. You can also ask yourself this. Is this thought rooted in fear, pain, insecurity, or shame? Try to understand why you have defaulted to the patterns of thinking in your mental narrative. This helps in the exploration process and then gaining this ability to filter through what is real, what is not real, what is true, what is not true. And be aware of these words in your mental narrative. Always, never, forever, everything, nothing. These are generalizations, overgeneralizations. These are fatalistic or catastrophic patterns of thinking where you think, oh, this is always going to be, or I'm never going to, or this is going to last forever, everything's bad, or nothing's. These are unhealthy forms of thinking that sometimes can root themselves in our mind and cause a lot of unhealthy thought patterns that can lead to anxiety. I want to encourage you you can change your thinking and you can eliminate thoughts that are eliminating your value and worth, that shame you, that tell you that you are not good enough because these thought patterns are not rooted in truth. You are valuable. You are unique. You have immense purpose. You are gifted. You are loved by your creator. Uh, This is not the end of your story. You have hope and a future. These are the truths that allow us to replace unhealthy thought patterns in our life. So we get to reframe. We get to filter. We get to think the opposite around some of these unhealthy thought patterns. I love what Dr. Jill Weber wrote. She said, slow down and train your mind to steer away from far-reaching catastrophe and towards thoughts that represent the realistic and most likely outcomes. I think that's so helpful for all of us. And there's this thing called neuroplasticity. Basically, it teaches us that how we think forms patterns and habits. And really, we gain patterns in our mind around how we think. And the beauty of neuroplasticity is that we can change these patterns, that our brain can change, our thought patterns can change. And so whatever thought patterns that I've had in my life that are unhealthy, that do not represent reality or truth, I can form new thought patterns. I can deconstruct old. I can form new. And that's the beauty of neuroplasticity. And the reason I say that is that all of us can change how we think. It may take time and effort and forming new patterns, but all of us can change how we think. And often, not always, but often, Our anxiety is rooted in our thoughts, not always again. Remember, there's many different forms of anxiety, many different root causes behind it. But thoughts are really key and important. And then finally, as far as this week, we'll get to more next week, lifestyle. Lifestyle. 
Learning to assess our life rhythms and practices is also helpful. These questions have been helpful for me. Am I always in a hurry carrying the stress of a frenetic pace of life? That question has been really helpful for me because sometimes uh, I am often in a hurry. And sometimes I have so much going on that I'm living in this frenetic, unhealthy pace of life and I just need to reassess. I need to reassess my pace. I need to reassess my load. Another question that's helped me, do I leave myself margin for the things that fill up my tank? You know, in our Western culture, we're so good at emptying in this hustle culture, get it done culture, uh, accomplish culture. And that's my natural inclination. I'm an achiever, so I love to get things done. I love to be working on the next thing. Uh, Achiever, visionary, sometimes isn't good for margin. But I've had to learn to step back and say, okay, Am I leaving margin in my life for things that are filling me up because I can't run on an empty tank? We're so good in the West learning how to empty our tank, but a lot of us, we're not good at filling it up. And filling it up should be a consistent rhythm in life. It's like my car, uh, you know, can't run on zero gasoline uh, and an empty tank. Eventually, it's going to die. Eventually, it's going to not have the fuel to create energy to continue to drive. And so I have to go to the gas station weekly or every other week, depending how much I drive or you drive. Same thing's true with life. I need margin in life to do the things that fill up my tank. One of those things for me is reading. Reading, I love to read. Uh, I love to learn. I love to research. And it actually fills me up. And so It's going to be different for each one of us, but we have to find the things that fill up our tank on a consistent basis. Another question that's helped me is, am I taking care of myself physically? Consistent exercise. For me, I try to exercise right now. I have a broken foot, so I haven't exercised for almost six weeks, um, which isn't great. But, you know, we have to be able to flex in life based on certain circumstances, but consistent exercise has been life-changing for me and my anxiety. Intentional sleep patterns as well. Really being thoughtful about how many hours of sleep I'm getting a night and really scheduling bedtime around intentional sleep patterns that help restore, they help with anxiety, and also a healthy diet. So for me, taking care of myself physically is consistent exercise intentional sleep patterns, and a healthy diet, all scientifically help with um, anxiety and that all of those things have helped me immensely with my anxiety. Another question that has helped me, am I constantly overloaded by digital information and distracted by digital stimuli? We live in this world where literally Uh, We're consuming five times more information than our counterparts 50 years ago. Uh, We are consuming so much information every day. And because of our digital devices, our iPhones, our iPads, our Macs, um, we are constantly in front of digital devices and, and 
we are experiencing digital stimuli. And so sometimes I think I need to make room for a daily digital Sabbath. Some time in my day where I put my phone aside, I put my devices aside, and I I just do other things other than taking in information or more digital stimuli because there's such thing as information overload. And there's such thing as too much digital stimuli. So taking a step back, doing something else, um, disconnecting. Uh, So maybe you would consider creating time in your day um, to make room for a little digital Sabbath, a digital disconnect on a daily basis. It's helped me. Another question that's helped me is, do I carve out silence and solitude to check in with myself? This is something I'm working on right now. Having some silence and solitude where I check in with myself, I see, you know, process, listen to my emotional state. I pray. I listen to God. I have a little bit of quiet because again, with our digital society, with our frenetic pace in life, breathing and experience a little bit of quiet is renewing for our souls, renewing for our interior life. And all of us need that. In fact, Jesus would often, when he was exhausted, uh, or as a pattern of life, he would get away to a quiet place alone. Silence and solitude is life-giving. And then another question that has been helpful for me under lifestyle is what are the essentials in my life to invest in? And what are the non-essentials that I have room to change if need be? What do I need to say, these are rocks, these are absolutes, these are essentials in my life, so important, and these are non-essentials. And maybe, maybe I need to create margin. Maybe I need space. Maybe I need silence and solitude. Maybe I need to exercise. What are the things that I can eliminate uh, that are non-essentials so that I can focus on the things that are going to be life-giving and help me with my lifestyle? So that may mean like, hey, you know, uh, I'm going to spend 30 minutes less on Netflix or Hulu so that I can walk or exercise or garden or run or lift weights or whatever it may be. Uh, Or I'm going to spend 30 minutes less, you know, on my device at night so I can get 30 minutes of sleep. What are the non-essentials that have elasticity, room for change in your life so that you can focus on the more important life-giving things that could potentially help your anxiety? I hope that these first six um, practices, concepts, thoughts are helpful for you as you're processing through your anxiety. We're going to talk about more next week. And I just want to say, I know how hard anxiety is. So much love to you and compassion to you and prayers going up for all of you who are experiencing an anxiety condition. There are better days ahead. I want you to believe it and receive it and begin to allow that truth to penetrate your mind. There are better days ahead and there is hope and help out there for you. So that may mean seeing a professional. We're going to talk about that more next week, but much love to you. Talk to you again next week.
Thanks for joining me today. I would love for you to help us to spread the word to bring hope for better days to as many people as possible. You can send the podcast link to your family and friends, post something on your social media, and write a review on iTunes. As well, go check out betterdaysfmly.co for more resources. I look forward to another conversation next week. Much love to you. There are better days ahead.